0: We're building this city one day at a time. Welcome to Grow Lincoln, the program with Lincoln's future in mind. Your hosts are former Lincoln City Councilwoman Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, two experts in the field of commercial real estate and business development. Now, it's time to Grow Lincoln on the voice of Lincoln, 1499 3, KLIN.
1: We're happy to have you listening. This segment is brought to you by Nebraska Grain Sorghum Board, Lower Platte South Natural Resource District, Service Master Professional Building Maintenance, University of Nebraska Lincoln College of Business, Lincoln Airport Authority, Charter
2: Title, and Nebraska Prep Equipment. Quite a long list for this first segment. A lot of, a lot of sponsors and we appreciate them. Many employees bring their problems to work and a lot of times they can't help it sometimes employers and co-workers can sort of give some assistance and other times they cannot it would be helpful for employers and co-workers in lincoln to know what some of these issues are so we're going to ask two of our fellow saturday show co-hosts on klin radio to share some insight pastor Stu kearns from friendly fire and doug Fitzgerald from one shot one life welcome to the studio you guys thanks for coming
3: Good to be with you today. It's always be good to be here. Good yeah. to be here.
2: Well, and as you guys know, Dave and I have had this business news show for a long time. We we tell who's opening, closing, and moving around, but we interview employers who come in and talk about these kinds of things. And really, I'll tell you what we've picked up is a lot of worry. You know, right now, especially they're worried about interest rates,
4: yeah.
2: um, stress. Mm-hmm. The thing we hear over and over: how hard it is to hire people. Um, and that's eating into their personal lives, you know, and taking their personal time. And then, then family emergencies eat into their personal lives, too, with right. illness or cancer or things like that that go on. Yeah.
1: It's just we're constantly hearing issues about employees. And, you know, and there's a lot of different facets that they, they worry about with their employees. So, I'm, Pastor Stu, I'm going to ask you a question. We realize, you know, you're a counselor. You have to watch some confidentiality issues. But... Generally speaking, what are some of the top issues you seem to be dealing with that you wish employers and coworkers could be aware of? Just things that are happening with with people.
5: You know, uh, it's 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 almost everything that people are dealing with. When I think about the people in my congregation, again, we've got uh, uh, relationships are always huge. Whether it's dealing with children or dealing with uh, aging parents, uh, we, you know, I'm a part of that sandwich generation right now. Uh, That's, you could do a class on that every Sunday and somebody'd come to it every Sunday because they're worried about those kind of things. I think the other thing that I've noticed that's really come to the surface is mental health issues, Hmm. in particular anxiety and depression. And I have uh, become more conversational about my own experiences with anxiety and actually started an anxiety support group at the church. And, uh, And once you start tapping into that, you realize it's everywhere and uh, and especially uh, whatever those issues were uh during covid they have grown exponentially and so the kind of concerns that people have and then you have real concerns that come into yeah interest rates are going up and inflation My, my paycheck doesn't go as far uh we do a food net ministry every week and uh where we uh you know stores donate food and then we just redistribute it and and it's a huge program all over the city we just have one small piece of it but uh our numbers are way up People are uh, people who you would never think of as as needing assistance are coming through and getting a free box of food, and uh, and I can tell a lot of them are kind of like, well, I, I don't really feel like I I want to do this, but but by golly, we need to do this, yeah. and uh, and so the uh, we sometimes think of the poor in Lincoln as being you know a, a group that's pretty uh, small and stable, and no, it's growing, and and people's needs are growing, so that kind of uh, just even basic necessities kind of anxiety is there as well so it's we're all over the map yeah so you're seeing people who have
1: who are reluctant to go there because they haven't had to do this in the past is that what you're
5: saying that's exactly what i'm saying and they and in fact you can tell they kind of the first time they kind of feel like i don't know should i be here and it's like you bet you should be here this is uh one of the things about food net is there there's no uh means testing you just if you want if you're brave enough to come get it and you just get it and uh, and then after, by the way, after the clients go through, all of us who work there, we go through and get a box full of food, uh, and uh, and make that food. All that food, by the way, would have gone into the uh, the uh, landfill, right? And and did yeah. years ago. But thanks to Frank Marsh and some other visionaries back in the uh, 80s, and uh, they uh, and now it gets redistributed and given away. Uh, each year, by the way, FoodNet probably I think uh, stores probably donate between two and three million dollars worth of food. Wow. and uh and the overall administrative costs of foodnet because it's volunteer based is less than $5,000 a year
1: excellent
2: Okay, and so Doug, you're maybe more on the. Would you describe it as the coaching? Yeah, end? yeah do
3: some coaching, life coaching, and is there with some people.
2: overlap there, or or are you dealing more with employers, and is it maybe a different kind of problem, or or do you see overlap? here? Right. Well, I,
3: and Stu, I appreciate what you do because really seeing that from a spiritual standpoint of taking the whole person into account, and people are. A lot of times dealing with things, right, and when they're reluctant to, you know, when they know they need help and they're reluctant to get it, Mm -hmm. um, that's when things kind of spiral down and out of control in people's lives. But um, one of the things that I'm passionate about is finances. And, you know, Mm -hmm. people struggle with their money. And, you know, I think CNBC did a recent poll we did a show a few weeks ago um, that said 58% of people are living paycheck to paycheck now. And the thing that really struck me about that is they've got this app now called Buy Now, Pay Later. And people are using this for groceries, for clothing, because inflation has gone through the roof. And that stress is probably one of the top stresses people have is how do I take care of my finances during a time like this? And so there's a struggle in that. And going back to the employer standpoint, I worked with a couple of uh, companies last year. And one of the interesting things that I found as I was working with them and helping them identify top priorities in their life was I asked them you know are you aware of all your employees and people working within different areas of your company who, who they are what they're doing what their life is like outside of the, the workplace and I was shocked they didn't there were segments within their companies where they just didn't know people and here's 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 the the, the issue with that is if you don't know what's going on in the people's lives outside of work that's going to come and impact your, your, the workplace anyway. It's going Ultimately. to impact the culture. Ultimately, and does. so it's important to get to know people and build relationships and um, encourage and find out what is happening outside you know, so that you can, if nothing else, at least lend an ear and walk alongside them.
2: Let's put a pin on that and take a break because that is exactly what I want to talk about. Um, so let's, let's hit that, some specific ideas of what we can do when we come back.
0: It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Thanks for joining us on Grow Lincoln. This segment is brought to you by John Henry's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, Baylor, Evnen, Wolf, and Tannehill Law Firm, Realtors Association, Sarter Heyman Jewelers, and Lincoln Electric System.
2: If you just joined us, we're with some of our fellow KLIN show hosts today, Stu Kearns from Friendly Fire. He's on each Saturday morning at 9 a.m. and Doug Fitzgerald right before the Girl Lincoln show at 11 a.m. If you missed our previous segment, we're talking about some of the tough issues that employees in Lincoln are going through. And possibly how some coworkers and bosses can bring some humanity into the workplace. Pastor Stu, you indicated that the top issues for you are um, anxiety and mental illness. And I wonder if there's a lot of employees out there that are actually medicated and employers don't even realize it.
5: Oh, there's no doubt about it. And uh, and I think we need to get past some of that stigma. A lot of the medications, again, uh, a good medication helps you be yourself. And uh, and and a lot of times people don't realize that to get on a good medication, uh, that they're going to have to do some tinkering. They're going to have to try and see does this work for me, and and work with their uh, whoever the doc is who's prescribing. Uh, but if but if it's working and it's working properly, it's going to help you feel more like yourself. Having said that. Uh, if you talk to any uh, good uh, therapist they 're going to tell you that meds can do maybe ten to twenty percent of what needs to be done, and eighty to ninety percent of it is uh basically talk therapy and you 've got to work through things that are causing and creating the anxiety and that steps a little bit more into my realm as a pastor you know i uh, i i 'm not a physician i don 't know how to prescribe drugs uh, but I think people forget that what a good therapist does is they, they ask questions. They make you think about things in a fresh way. And uh, that's something that uh, we can all do, and we can do it for each other. We can be a good listener. We can ask insightful questions. Uh, we can make people think about things in a way that they haven't thought about them before. And that's basically what a good therapist does. Uh, they you know, Sometimes there's a little bit of a parental voice there to give you permission to feel this way or that way. Uh, maybe we need that, maybe we don't but uh, but a good friend or a good therapist will get to know you and know your situation and will begin to ask you a question that perhaps you've never quite thought about and get your mind thinking about things in a new way and uh so I think that's especially for as for as a pastor in the life of the church, by golly, we can do that for each other uh we can listen, we can be good friends and we can we can do that.
2: And, you know, as a small business owner, I don't have a human resources department. I don't have a network of therapists to recommend or a diversity or inclusion officer or any of those people to help you with your anxieties. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, one idea would be, to, you know, to suggest a clergyman to your yeah. employee. You know, have you thought about a clerk? Because a lot of times it's free.
5: Yeah, yeah, so. Absolutely. Yeah. And and again, I want to make it real clear to people, I'm not a therapist and I, that's not, uh, they have a, I put it this way, I've got a screwdriver and a hammer, you know, and a pair of pliers. And, uh, and when you go to a therapist, they've got that big toolkit you see in the mechanics place that with the drawers that roll out <laughs> and they can, they can do all kinds of things. But to get the process started, uh, a pastor is a great place to Maybe start. Maybe that's a good start. Yeah, yeah. It's a good start. Yeah.
1: And, and uh, Doug, you indicated that you're one of the things that you really need to deal with or have a tendency to deal with are financial Mm -hmm. issues on your show. Mm -hmm. Why don't you talk a little bit more about that? Because this app that you were talking about, uh, in our previous segment, I find that fascinating that that is out there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, going back to what Stu said, you know, when you're worrying about something, it usually means there's something in your life that you haven't taken care of or you've suppressed it and you haven't dealt with it. And so, what we try to do at one shot is help people identify what are the key priorities that you need to take care of? Because if you can deal with those priorities in your life, you're going to alleviate the stress, the anxiety, the worry. And now you can't control everything that goes on in your life, but you can control what you can control. And money being one of those top things that we have to deal with every single day, right? It's part of knowledge is power. Yep. Uh,
1: I mean, when you know about money and yep. how it works and you know about some of these uh yep mental issues it, hel- it helps
3: yeah and I you know for for finances I've worked with a lot of people over the years with their personal financial situation and a lot of times what will happen is they are so embarrassed or so overwhelmed with their financial situation that they're not willing to or feel comfortable asking somebody for help so therefore the problem continues to get worse and worse and worse until there's a crisis and then usually that's when they reach out for help And in the process of that, people are going more and more in debt. I think they just reported last quarter the most debt um, Americans have ever had is right now. And that debt is overwhelming. So what we do when we help people is just identify the priority. How do I need to take care of my finances? And get get just, first of all, the first step, get a clear picture of what your finances are. A lot of times people will not even know where they're at because they think it's better to suppress it but if you can get a clear picture of where you are with your finances what's coming in where's your debt you know what are your payments like it relieves a lot of stress then from that point on we can start taking steps to either eliminate debt or to get on a budget or increase our income whatever that might be but you need to get that clear picture first we start out with net worth I know this you may sound crazy but you know if you're gonna lose weight what's the one way you gauge that you jump on a scale right for finances net worth is one of those ways to gauge if you're making progress or not going back to the app thing that blew my mind because they went straight down what the percentages are and clothing was one of the top areas toiletries and bathroom products and cosmetics and groceries right in the middle so people are now you know in an app where you can walk into a store the app pops up says hey do you want to put payments on your current purchases you know you could be paying for you know French fries and apples and, and uh, deodorant for six months.
2: At an astronomical interest right. rate. Right. Interest
3: yeah. rates around 20%, 22%, oh something gosh. like that. So, oh, my gosh. So, the, you know, the point being is just know what's happening around you. Take the steps to maybe get uncomfortable and find out what your situation is with your finances. Talk to somebody who has some knowledge in that area. And then make proactive steps. Because once you start working on some of those things, again, that, that worry and that anxiety will start to, to ease.
2: And I'm trying to bring this home to what can we do in the workplace. Um, So jump in here if you think of something. But, you know, even just posting things or emailing resources to employees, even if you don't know if that employee needs anything, but emailing them ideas of, you know, here's some community support links.
3: Yeah, and and one of the things we did uh, last year with the company was just a regular roundtable once a month and working with each individual employee to say, what are some priorities in your life that you need to take care of or you should take yeah, care of?
2: Yeah, I was of? trying to think and a graceful way to ask somebody if they're having mental illness and anxiety and finance problems. I <laughs> mean, <Yeah.
1: laughs> and, and, and it's a touchy subject. It is. And it, it, you really have to figure a, a there a direct but but subtle way of And maybe of that's bringing somebody it. else
3: into the right. equation in the conversation. So it and it was so so eye opening as well to see people open up about their mental health, about going to counseling, about getting their finances, and then wanting to achieve certain dreams and goals within the workplace that the employer didn't really know about. That's really cool.
0: Everyone is excited about new business, and our business is to tell you what's new. This is Grow Lincoln on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three
1: KLIN.
2: Robin Eshelman with you from Eshelman Commercial Real Estate. And
1: Dave Albers of the Albers Company. And this segment is possible today because of Service Master Professional Building Maintenance. University of Nebraska, Lincoln College of Business.
2: Welcome back to Grow Lincoln. Civility and humanity in workspaces is something that is not easy to talk about, but increasingly becoming more important as our country and its institutions and companies become more politically polarized. Um, we think this is a perfect talk, topic to talk about with Dan Parsons of The Dan Parsons Show. He's our 5 to 6 p.m. host here on weekdays at Bragg. House, Dan. Welcome to our show. Well,
6: Robin and Dave, what a delight! We're Thanks doing for a Broadcast invitation.
2: House mashup here. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, for your day job, you work in a pretty interesting environment in a co-share community in the Haymarket, right?
6: Yeah, Fuse
2: Co-working. Yeah. Okay, Fuse. That's up above Beer House. Yes. Yeah, the and old the Salvation old Army. Salvation Army. The old yep. Scooters building. Yep. <laughs> Is that a case where people with similar politics t- tend to congregate together there or do you get controversial opinions do you get people on both sides of the aisle does it come up in a co-working situation
6: You know it's it's an interesting question Robin and yeah I mean there's it's a it's a mix of uh, of community and most people are there uh because they're either in a startup mode or people like me that maybe have had a business for a number of years and and still want to be in a community of uh, of people and still want to have, uh,
4: you know, some place to get your mail and <laughs> yeah. have conversations,
6: right. especially, you know, obviously during COVID, uh, we were shut down like everyone else. But we've we've grown back to a really vibrant community. And yeah, and there is a mix. There's a lot of startups uh, in that uh, community, uh, which typically means younger people, but not always. Um, and and certainly, and again, uh, longstanding uh, organizations and, and businesses. And so I would say there's a mix of political uh, opinions. But it is isn't interesting uh, because there isn't a boss. I mean, we certainly have a community manager that kind of oversees things and keeps the trains running on time and the coffee filled. But um, and, and we do we do try to, as a community, have every Thursday evening we'll go out uh, after work and. And have a beer at one of the local establishments or something and and there's often a birthday celebration so we do congregate we have a kitchen area and you'll find us uh, sitting around having lunch together but yes there is a divergence of of opinions on politics and uh but so far i've i've not seen anybody get so mad that they've stormed out
2: (laughs) well and i i think having a beer together probably is more, is a bonding thing. And maybe we all should be doing that with people in another political party just a little bit more often. Yeah, so there is
6: an intent uh, to bring that community together because we are a very diverse group. And so, yeah,
1: we're purposeful about um, having community. Well, that's, that's interesting. I mean, you're somewhat answering my next question, but not completely. What happens when, you know, one of these entrepreneurs fails i mean are are they getting a lot of support from the other people or do they just close up shop one day and you just never see them again
6: it's a great question dave and and some of both yeah Uh, we've seen people come and go but you barely get to know them and they're there one day and you know uh, gone the next uh and there's others who who do struggle again because there's a lot of uh, folks from the startup community in that environment um
2: that's what i was curious do they do they admit it you know or do you just sort of sense it
6: yeah and, and it's and again because we're not involved in their business so to speak but there there are opportunities and again from a mix of of uh of business owners and people like for me for public relations i try to step in and offer you know, I'm not necessarily looking for clients, but offer help in that co-working. I think that's the beauty of a co-working situation. And we try to foster that environment is how can we help each other? If someone needs, uh, you know, a computer program that they're looking for, a new employee. Yeah, I know somebody that's looking for that work. Or um, in the case of, of a failing business, do you have an accountant uh, that needs some help? And so, yeah, there yeah. is that spirit. But like, you know, like a lot of us, uh, you know, it it. It can be embarrassing uh, if you have a business that's not successful and failing, and so it's easy to hide, just like in any other uh, environment. But yeah, if you have a uh, that welcoming, uh, co-working uh, spirit, then yeah, we want to be able to help each other and and make sure that people succeed.
2: Corporations and even local businesses in Lincoln are taking more and more public stands on partisan issues, and you mm-hmm. s- you see ads or signs in the window or. You know, we're aligned with this one party and its ideology. Or yeah. you can't be a part of our charity if you don't yeah. adhere to certain beliefs. Um, has it has it always been that way? And this is just a new twist of it, or have we started down an especially dangerous path, in your opinion? Yes.
6: Yes we have yes and yes, <laughs> yes and yes, uh, yes, yes, I mean we 've always had some of that, but yes, we are down a dangerous path, I mean, I think it is uh, getting worse and and frankly i 've seen just in the last five or six years i 've seen i in fact i 've uh, counseled and had clients more clients in the past five or six years with crisis public relations challenges oh, uh, related yeah. to yeah. not only national yeah. politics but uh, covid. Um, mm-hmm. you know Black Lives Matter and some of those race uh, mm-hmm. relation issues yeah. uh, I've helped uh, companies and organizations and agencies the past five or six years more so frankly than I have in the past probably 15 Wow and so That's I am seeing it, and you know and just locally uh, just uh, you know for my friends you know again I uh, I tend to uh, You know, be very vocal about some of my positions, but in a way that hopefully brings people together and not tears people apart. But I have. I've told friends uh, who have maybe a front-facing business or uh, more involved in the community, hey, knock that crap off. Good for you. (laughs) It's not – first of all, it's not healthy for your business. No. And second of all, you're not doing anything to uplift the community and, and bring people together.
2: Right. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, we sure appreciate it. Um, You've been listening to Dan Parsons. He's got the evening show on Drive Time on KLIN. This is Robin and Dave from Grow Lincoln.
1: And we'll be right back.
0: Economic development is not boring, it's our future. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Welcome to Grow Lincoln. This segment is possible today because of John Henry's Plumbing and Heating, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, Baylor, Evnen Wolf, and Tannehill Law Firm.
2: If there was one thing we learned during COVID, it was that we need to uncover our employees' needs and extend a little bit more grace than usual. How can this be done but in a fair way, let's talk to Angela Paolini from Service Master Professional Building Maintenance.
7: Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me.
2: And you've got quite a few of them over there. How many employees do are you? We have up
7: to... quite a few. I would say we're up to about 160.
2: Yeah, and you're mm-hmm. always hiring. I we hear mm-hmm. your commercials all the time. Right? I
1: knew you were over 100, but I didn't yes. know 160. That's yes. a Boy, lot. That's of... a lot of employees. It is a lot and, of employees and a lot of paperwork.
2: Yeah. Exactly
7: right. Wow, <laughs> A ton of paperwork.
2: Well, and I I know that you you really try to emphasize this because you've been in so many times, and you always talk about the the benefits that you offer your employees and what you try to do to help them. Um, their concerns are probably most often about money or working conditions, but not always. So what yeah. techniques does your company use to dig deeper and figure out what's really bothering them?
7: Yeah, that's that's a good question. And I think it's something so important in a labor-heavy, you know, kind of an industry like we're in. Most of our assets are human, you know, our, our right. human labor. Labor is human, right? I mean, so, yeah, the as far as that goes, surveying employees has been the way that we handle that a survey so like an
2: online thing yeah no because or a handwritten a
7: a handwritten we'll bring them in once a year to an all-employee meeting and that's usually kind of when we capture information um so because they have to learn some things and then we learn some things from them and we just incorporate it into our all employee meeting.
1: That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. That way we and get and it. they all have to be there. They
7: all have to be there, then we definitely know we're going to get an answer. Um, and so that's how we figured out especially with um, Obamacare when that came out. Um, figuring out how to handle the insurance situation. Mm. You know, and what do people care about? Like what And you know the most interesting thing we learned is that right now like this generation, they care about dental insurance oh. Oh. not health dental it's and then retirement
2: they, they sure. wanted those so. two things and yeah. you wouldn't have known that if never you never would have known that had if we'd done had this correct was there a time earlier in your career when you were too harsh with an employee or unjust and you regretted it later but yeah you learned something from that I think we all have yeah, yeah.
7: absolutely I'm kind of snickering to myself because it's just so embarrassing when you think back on when you're kind of a green, uh, leader, new manager, new manager, um, you know, running the business, you know, new to that. And let's see. So the two things I was thinking about that came to my head, <laughs> one of them is I told a fee, it was a female employee who was kind of a key employee to grow a pear. <laughs> <laughs> she got so she at you kind of funny when upset <laughs> I mean you, when you look back you can laugh and I you know I can say it And but then I was angry I was so upset with how she was handling things and it just came out And I was like, oh, that was so unprofessional. So you're saying you
2: wouldn't do that again? You would
7: never do that again. (laughs) I would not recommend doing that. You know,
2: I had an employee once who I thought he was doing a a snow job on me because he told me his wife needed to be pregnant and he needed to be there. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And I went in and complained to my boss and my boss said, Robin... Me and my wife had infertility problems wow. too, and he's okay. right. You know, when the time
7: <laughs> yes, yeah. like you have to be I'm just there. Dying, when the time just is right.
2: dying of embarrassment <laughs> at this conversation. Oh, oh my gosh! Are the things
7: that we do, right? I know.
2: Well, he had to
1: be Johnny on the spot, so
7: to speak. <laughs> yes, exactly right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. Let's go the other way. Uh, have you had an example where you've given somebody the benefit of the doubt, and extended them a grace, so to speak, mm-hmm. and maybe go, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have done that? Uh,
7: I, you know, I Or was, maybe you were glad you did. Yeah, exactly. I did. Was, that's I what I was thinking of. Because you know, know, you're
2: balancing being fair.
7: Correct, correct. And I don't know that I ever regret doing the, trying to do the right thing with the right intention for someone.
2: Even if it turned out unfair, or even if it turned like favoritism,
7: or or, or, well, I was gonna say if it didn't, we're very careful with favoritism. But if even if it turned out where it didn't like work out,
4: Mm -hmm. um, to our
7: best interest, right? And the situation I'm thinking of is uh, there was one summer, and this never happens. There were three homeless guys uh, sleeping in front of our business, and our business is right on O Street and we have nothing comfortable about our business there's all concrete there's no bushes there's no shade it's there's no
1: mattresses
2: in front of your front door
7: what, what? right dave you know what i'm saying <laughs> no, no
2: comfortable benches no comfortable
7: benches yeah. and it, and it's uh you know noisy sure with cars anyway it was a it was a very serendipitous moment and a gentleman the gentleman closest to our door i said hey Um, would you like to earn 10 bucks? And he said, yeah. And he kind of sat up and he was really excited and I had him weed because we had tons of weeds out in the, you know, in the cracks of the cement. He went into our office and then then I left and did my thing. He went into the office, asked for a screwdriver and used the screwdriver. Of course, he ruined the screwdriver doing this, but he used a screwdriver to get these weeds really dug out of the correct. Okay. And I was just and we were all impressed. This man ended up becoming our warehouse guy. Really? You hired him? We hired him. The homeless guy? Yes. Oh. And he stayed with us for six months before he went, he fell off the wagon. Oh, his his struggle was he actually used to be a tennis player, an Olympic tennis player. Wow. Hmm. Wow. And he from Florida, I think. And, and he was passing through. So passing he stayed through. for six
2: months, but then he then he moved on.
7: And he moved on. But
2: you felt like at least for six months you made his life better.
7: Correct. And he even started meeting with an AA sponsor.
2: Are there federal laws and human resource regulations that drive you crazy and you think, well, this law was intended to be good, but it's actually negative to employees and hurts them in the long run?
7: I would say like uh, felonies, you know, boxing people um, that have felonies because- there's so many felonies out there that are one time. It happened so long ago. Mm. This person's never been in trouble again. But mm-hmm. because of this felony on their record, yeah. they can't get jobs. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, we appreciated having you share what it's like from an employer's perspective. And, it, you know, I hope it gave people that are listening an idea of how to tune in. A and, little, not, and
7: what not to do. A
2: little better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and definitely don't do some of the things <laughs> Robin and Angela have done. <laughs> I'm
1: just smart enough not to tell mine on the air. (laughs) Dave is not
2: sharing. I'm very transparent. What can I say? (laughs) Uh, Thanks a lot. You've been listening to Grow Lincoln on 1400 AM, 99.3 FM.
0: Oh, oh, oh,
1: O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts.
2: I love it, I was born and raised I got it, made. and if I have my way, I'm gonna stay, forever
0: be coming. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499 three. Yeah. KLIN.
2: Happy to bring you this show on AM, FM, streaming and podcasts. If you want to hear past Girl Lincoln episodes with business openings, closings and interviews with business owners and managers in our community, check out KLIN.com in the podcast section of the website.
1: And this segment is possible today because of John Henry's Plumbing, Heating and Air Conditioning. Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and Baylor, Evnen, Wolf, and Tannehill Law Firm.
2: We've had a theme on our show recently, Dave, bringing humanity and grace into the workplace. Um, And so check out some of those past podcasts if you'd like to hear that. We want to set up this segment by explaining we have a guest who has experienced several years of cancer. It has had an impact on his trachea, too. Um, What we want to do is give employers and coworkers a window on how to approach others in the workplace who are dealing with chronic illness.
1: Well, Dave Bundy has been with the Lincoln Journal Star since 2012 and is the editor of the newspaper. Welcome to our show, Dave. Thank you, Dave.
2: Thanks for coming. Tell us about the type of cancer that you live with and and how long your journey has been.
4: Well, um, actually, in 2004, I was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer and... Uh, eventually got better from that, had a lot of cancer-free years. And then 2016, I was diagnosed with something called cholangiocarcinoma, which is actually bile duct cancer. It's a lot easier to spell and say. It's pretty rare. Um, I had to look it up. I'm I'm one case. There are apparently about 8,000 other cases a year in the United States. And uh, it's still very unusual. So that's why you
2: travel to Mayo for for treatments. And, you, you know, I guess maybe the good thing you work for a large employer. And that's probably a lucky thing. Has your company been able to make accommodations for you?
4: My company has been fantastic. In 2004, I had newborn twins right before I was diagnosed with cancer. They needed to remove half my liver in a pretty complicated operation at the Mayo Clinic and we lived in Bismarck North Dakota so we drove 9 hours there in a minivan with two twins some relatives <sighs> stayed with our young kids at home 6 and 3 and about a week after the operation I was able to go home and my boss the publisher of the Bismarck Tribune and the CEO of Lee Enterprises arranged to have the corporate jet fly me home along oh. with my mom on board and our Two newborn twins in car seats. And oh my! The pilots God. hefted them onto the. I couldn't lift anything. The pilots hefted them on, strapped them into this twelve-person jet. The CEO had left gift bags for the kids with little, oh. uh, little, little tiny uh, stuffed animals and books and puzzles for my and snacks for my mom and me. And an hour later, we were back in Bismarck. And my wife, who'd spent the week juggling kids, and my parents had been there to help. She got a nice, quiet nine-hour drive back in the minivan without any of us. It was, <laughs> it was wonderful for everybody. I was going to
2: ask about the That van. was an all-around
4: win. <laughs> it was a big win for yeah, everybody. Yeah,
2: you made that work. Uh, well, and so Lee Enterprises is the parent company of the newspaper, so you've had a long, loyal career with them. Yeah, itself. I've been with them
4: for about 30 years. And in 2016, right before I was supposed to start radiation, there was a little hiccup. I was supposed to start on a monday on a friday uh, i got a call from mayo saying that there was not uh, there was not insurance approval yet and it was a friday afternoon and i said what should i do and they said well you should stay in lincoln or you can come up here and roll the dice that we'll get the approval so i did the one thing i could think of i called the ceo who i did have a relationship with and he said, um, I'm not leaving the office this Friday until we get this sorted out. Aww. And at 7.30 on a Friday night, I got a call from the insurance company saying, you're cleared. Here's my name and number. When you go check in at the Mayo Clinic on Monday morning, if there's a problem, you have them call me. And, you know, I, I they can't – companies have policies, and then companies have some wiggle room. And where there's been wiggle room, Lee Enterprises has been – uh, has done everything they could for me and my family. And and I think out of the deal, they maybe got a little bit better employee because I've certainly learned some things through this process.
2: Oh, that's inspiring. Well, the biggest thing I think most of us wonder when something like this happens, how much should we ask you when you are going through something like this, if we work with you? Um because it can it can feel awkward. It could even drift into discrimination issues at times. So talk a little bit about those days where you feel like talking about it and what you wish people would say. And um, when employees with a chronic illness like yours would like to draw a line and not talk about it.
4: it it's hard to talk about generalities because there are some very private people. I, I'm a journalist. I've been telling people stories my whole life and it felt kind of hypocritical the first time I had cancer not to tell my own story. And so sure. I wrote a column about it. People reached out to me and, um, you know, I'm happy to talk about it at any time because after I wrote that first uh, column in 2004 uh, about my colon cancer, I I got so much strength from the community around mm-hmm. me. I got, people gave me ideas, practical things, inspiration. Um, and then I decided that the second time I had cancer in 2016, I had a rare kind and I was gonna use my platform to try to help people the way I had been helped. And so when I write about it, when I've talked about it, when I posted about it on Facebook, a lot of times I'll have somebody else who has the same kind of cancer reach out and say, where are you being treated? What's worked? What hasn't? How do you keep your mood up? What do you eat when you're feeling sick? Um, But I think that, you know, really it it it's an individual thing for people. I am perfectly happy answering questions in the workplace. When I go away for three days to the Mayo Clinic for my quarterly tests and a stent replacement, um, I get. I, I always tell people exactly what I'm doing. We've had people in the workplace who want to volunteer less, and and I. I respect that, um, and that's... What are
2: saying? Just be tuned in. Be, just be, be tuned, tuned in. in and, yeah. if,
4: and, and people should be able to articulate clearly. People can tell when I'm done talking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what was the lowest point that you remember, and how'd you pull yourself out of it?
4: I think in both instances, in 2004 and in 2016, there was a moment that came in a doctor's office where they said, you know, There's not, uh, you know, here's here's what your prognosis is. And it's not like on TV. A doctor doesn't say, I'm giving you three years to live. They say, statistically speaking, someone with your kind of cancer has a 95% chance of being dead in 18 to 24 months. And I've been told that twice. And I, you know, for whatever good reason, lucky reason, I beat the odds both times. And I recognize a lot of people didn't. They also tell you you've got things going for you, but I think both of those times when I heard, uh, I heard worse news than I expected. You know, the first time I had newborn twins when we heard it. The second time, I felt like, you know, I had I'd had fifteen cancer-free years. I was in no position to complain about anything. I got fifteen years I didn't think I was going to have. So, and with my family, we have uh, a healthy attitude about my lack of health. Uh, the kids remember when I've delivered bad medical news. We usually bring in fried chicken. So anytime there's fried chicken oh, on no. a weekday, the kids want to <laughs> no. oh. know what's Uh-oh. wrong with you, Dad. No. What's wrong, Dad? What's wrong, Dad? <laughs> yeah, it's you know. We, but but we joke about it, and I think that sense of humor is part of what gets us. That's all what through gets it.
2: you through. Sometimes it's a sense of humor. Thanks so much for sharing, Dave.
4: Thank you. This
2: is Dave Bundy. He's the editor at the Lincoln Journal Star Lee Enterprises. Um, this is Robin and Dave. Thanks for listening on 1400 AM 993 FM.